joy it is to celebrate our beloved divine liturgy. Usually a priest is by himself and he celebrates the divine liturgy. But when there are more people, more priests, it is truly a joy. This is the way the liturgy is supposed to be celebrated. With priests and deacons and bishops to the fullness of the priesthood. And of course, we can celebrate nothing unless the people come. No priest can celebrate a liturgy by himself. Our tradition is at least three people have to be there. Or there's no liturgy that day. It doesn't matter if it's a holy day. If the people don't come, no liturgy. And so you have a responsibility. In fact, when we say divine liturgy, liturgy is a Greek word, liturgia. Liturgia means the work of the people. The work of the people. So, if we have celebrated divine liturgy, what work did you do today? Tell me, somebody, raise your hand if you did some work today. The game is at 8.30. I can be here for a long time before I go back. <laughs> somebody, tell me, what work did you do? You sang the responses. Thank God you sang the responses. You know, there are churches where the people are sitting there like they're at some concert. They don't even respond. The book says, Laos, people. Where it says people, Amin. After the priest has said a prayer, you have to say Amin. It doesn't matter if the priest said it. He's saying it for you. If you don't affirm it with the Amin, you have done nothing. What else have you done that was worth today? Pray. That can be declared work by some. It's hard sometimes to pray. What else? Received the Holy Spirit. Received. But that's not work. That was a gift. What else? You fed the animals? Which animals? These? Or some other ones? The cats and dogs at your home. Okay, that's good. My turtles are on their own today. Until I get back. The bishop has three little turtles just like that. When I say little, I mean little. They're this big. I brought them from New Orleans with me. They're low maintenance, by the way. Don't ask much. <laughs> and when I'm not there and there's no food or water, they just go to sleep. They hibernate. And so what else did we do that was work? Did someone make sure we had uh, matches? Make sure we had candles? Someone paid the power bill? Yes? Someone made sure that we had wine today. We needed it. Someone made sure we had the prostro, the loaf of bread. That's work of the people. That's your responsibility. By the way, your church is immaculately clean. Now, it's either like this all the time, or the ladies got very busy in the last 10 days because I was coming. No, it's always, it's always like that. It's right. Of course. This is God's house, not my house. He lives here. You can't keep his house clean. Forget it. You're in trouble. And so the work of the people. Where I came out and said, let us lift up our hearts. Did you lift your heart? Physically. You saw what I did. I went like this. 
I tried to move my heart just a little bit closer to heaven, to make the distance shorter from Jesus Christ, to touch my heart, to help me, to heal me. Let's bow our heads to the Lord. Did you bow your heads? I don't know if you did or not because I was looking down. If you didn't doubt, bow your head, you didn't do your job. I did it. Okay? Let us be attentive. The reader is getting ready to say something very important. I better listen. Isn't that what's happening? Because in the liturgy, many times we float away. It happens. It happens to the clergy. The priest takes a moment to find himself again. Because he either got distracted or he's so much into the service that he floated away. He felt so good. He said, wow, this is a cool place. But I better get back to where I'm supposed to be. And he looks down and he finds the spot again. That happens to us as it happens to you. You get distracted. Something pops into your head. The most insane thought at the most inappropriate time. And so we always focus back around when we say these, let us be attentive. And when we change the volume as we say something, to catch your ear to go, oh, where am I? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm in church. And so we celebrate the Divine Liturgy Day very nicely. And the church was packed. Did you know that? It's packed. Where you don't see a human being sitting, the angels are fighting for a seat. They're here too. The liturgy is worship as if we are in heaven, heaven on earth. Christ is here, right there. Pioneers right here. The saints of the church are all here. Not preachers, they're here. You just did a service for the dead. They're here with us. The living are here. The dead are here. God's house. Christ is here. Panayir is here. All the saints are here. I mean, this is it. It doesn't get any better. If you receive the Eucharist today, you're at the pinnacle of the faith. You came and you received if you go out of here saying, I took communion today, I'm going to go, uh -uh. you didn't take anything. You receive. It's a gift from God. You take things off the shelf when you go to Target. Okay? We don't take communion, we receive communion. It's a gift from God, as we say. And Father comes out and he says, in Greek, with the fear of God, faith and love, draw near. Who's saying that? The priest? God speaking. Come close, my friends. Receive this gift that I'm going to give you. What gift? My son, Jesus Christ. His body, his blood. It's the best gift you'll ever get. It's the one that means the most. That prepares us for the next life, but also takes care of us in this life. St. Basil said, the church is the hospital of the community. You go there when you're sick. We're all sick. Is there anyone without something spiritual or physical that's just not right with you? Come to the church, he says. Come to the hospital. Let the physician, Jesus Christ, heal you. 
Let him help you. That's why we come to church. That's why we come every Sunday. Because we receive a gift, and then we are able to go out the doors, take on the world. My friends, there's someone on the other side over there waiting for us. His name is Yavos, the devil, the evil one, Lucifer, the dark knight, prince of this world. He's got lots of names, but it's the same entity. He's trying to destroy us. He will push us, trip us, whisper something in our ear, and if it's not him, it's one of his angels, if you will, the demons. Trying to destroy us. We're leaving God's house and He's waiting. He doesn't want us to be strong. He wants to take us down. He knows He's going down. His whole plan is to see how many more He can take with Him. So when He is in hell forever, He'll have lots of friends to talk to. I'm not interested in joining. I hope you're not interested in joining. So you have to fight. And to fight, you have to receive the body and blood of Christ. Frequently. Technically, you can do it every Sunday if you have prepared yourself. You have fasted. You have gone to confession regularly. I don't know you any more than I know any other community. I hope we don't have too many CEOs here. Christmas, Easter only. If you're a Christmas Easter only, you're not an, an active Orthodox Christian. You're very passive. And you say, well, I received, you know, at Christmas, I don't receive it again until Easter. What happens if you die before you get to Easter? What happens if this week you receive, the next week, ah, I'm not quite ready, and then it's the next week, and then I'm sick, and then I'm out of town, and then one month becomes three months, three months becomes half a year. One year becomes two years. Have people like that who somehow just cannot come to the chalice. Do you know in the canons of the church, there's a canon that says if you come three times and you don't receive the Eucharist, you're to be excommunicated from the church, kicked out. If we applied that rule, our churches would be empty of human beings. So we don't apply it like we should. Not everyone received today, and I'm sure you have a reason. Next week, prepare yourself to come so that you can receive. You see that the priest is receiving every day that he celebrates, with or without sins, because we're not perfect, trust me. But we're preparing constantly ourselves to fight the good fight. It's not easy. As I've said, pray for your priests, help them in any way that you can. They need more of a spiritual assistance than they need physical assistance. What's pretty neat about our diocese is that you provide a home. In most communities, you have a home. In most other dioceses, they don't provide a home. Priests are scrambling when they go to a new assignment to find a house, to sell the old house, to unread, this kind of business. But you didn't do that. You came with the right thing.
let's take care of our priest. I stayed in your home last night here next door. And it's very nice. And I know the ladies work very hard to prepare it. The hardwood floors look good. They remind me of my mother's home. She had I used to slide on them as a child with my songs. We didn't have any furniture in the living room, so it was like from here to the door, run and slide. Fall. Now she has nice furniture covered with sheets. I'm not sure what that's all about. If you ever saw the movie My Big Fat Greek Wedding, they were covering the furniture. And then the furniture was uncovered when the in-laws were coming. Well, my sister celebrated her 50th the other day. She's not married, and neither am I. And we're only two of us. So my mother has taken the sheets off because she doesn't care about the in-laws coming. They never will. <laughs> what a terrible world we live in, in one instance, and what a beautiful world we live in in another instance. If you are following the news, in the last week, the world is going out of its mind. Out of its mind. Evil is everywhere. In Washington, in Nairobi, if you have been following what's happening in Kenya, 59 people dead at a wall. In Pakistan, at least 50 dead at a church today. Christians destroyed because they were in God's house, worshiping, they thought freedom. And yet, tomorrow they will have 50 funerals. 150 people wounded. The hospitals are full today. What is this evilness that we have with us now? That's so intense. We have always had evil in the world. But it's so intense now. The devil is working overtime. We're moving towards Judgment Day when Christ will return and He will put things in order. We are closer today than we were yesterday. I don't know the date, when it will happen, but I know it's going to happen. And the interesting part is going to be when it happens. Will the old calendars get 13 more days? <laughs> Get ready for the second coming. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen to that day. It's going to be watched. But it's going to happen. So we have to prepare ourselves, always be ready. Remember that we are Orthodox Christians and we have to deal with everything that happens in our lives. With open arms, we accept people who come. My friend is walking right at the door as I speak about this proceeding. See how the Holy Spirit works. Welcome, my friend. And so, let us prepare ourselves properly so that when Christ returns, we will be ready. He is going to return not in a manger like he came the first time. He will come from the heavens on the clouds. The way he 
ascended into heaven, he will return from heaven. And so when you turn on the TV and CNN, Fox News, or any of the other networks is talking about a strange sight, a man coming down from heaven in the clouds, know that that's it. It has come to us. She's okay. Leave her alone. This is her church. You go anywhere you want, man. <laughs> and say anything you want. She's got the little pebbles. The baby. You know, the got the little pebbles there. I knew it. I knew it. You know she's a full member of the church. She's been baptized, right? They're not coming to church. 
unless you force them to come. They should never be forced to come. They should come because they have learned to come. They know that Sunday morning is church. Nothing else. No soccer. We've allowed the secular world to take our day from us. Tell them no. My child will not play on this league on a Sunday morning. And if you feel strongly enough, find a few more churches and form your own league. And play among church people who say, first we go to church, and then we'll play another day. If they're playing soccer when they should be receiving the Eucharist, we are allowing it. Be careful. Don't let the society take our kids from us. Don't become weak parents. Don't be friends with your children. Be a parent. You can be nice to them, love them, hug them to death. But friends? Come on. They will twist you like this if you play friends with them. And they don't like your answer, they'll go to the other one, the other parent. This is how it worked at my house when I was a kid. I told Father this story last night. In junior high, the gym coach said, George, that's my, my baptismal name, George, how come you're not playing football? He was the football coach for the JVs. I said, never really thought about it. He said, take these papers home and have your parents sign it and come back and join us for practice tomorrow. Okay, I like football. I never thought about playing, but I like it. So I go home and I give my mother the papers. She goes, what's this? papers to sign up to give permission so I can play football at school. No. Mom, they're telling me I should play football. I love football. No. That's my mom. I will talk to Dad. Dad comes home from the restaurant at 8 p.m. He sits down. He's been working since 5 o'clock in the morning. I shoved a piece of paper in front of him. What's this? Thank you. 
for us, remember? Politicians, teachers, all those, they work for us. We're paying their salaries. And so we should demand quality, not just quantity. When a child finishes high school and still is reading at the third grade level, those people who taught that child should be in prison. They have stolen a life. So fight for your kids. All the time. Don't acquiesce. Don't give in to the nonsense that you know is not right. You look at something and you go, you know, that's just not right. That's demonic. That's the way the devil works. When it's upside down, that's the devil. When your heart tells you that can't be possibly right, you have to fight to change it, whatever it is. Like I said, I'm not a politician, but I'm politically astute, and our politicians have failed us, all of them. <laughs> no one is good. I don't condemn, I'm just saying they're not producing well. They're looking out for themselves. Just take one issue, health care. Why do they don't have the same health care as the rest of us are going to have? Why do they have the Cadillac? Because we're paying for that. That's not fair. And who can you trust in the last five years? Tell me, someone you can trust. Your stockbroker, the market went like this. Your bankers, they went like this. The insurance guys, AGI, they went like this. The politicians, they went like this. Who? There's only one stock that you can buy that's forever good. Jesus Christ. The same yesterday, today, tomorrow. It never drops. That's the stock you need to be buying. And how do you buy it? By being orthodox. By being good Christians. By doing those things that Jesus said we should do. Take care of the hungry, those that are thirsty, those that are naked, those that are in prison, those that are in the hospitals. Take care of our fellow man. To take that all those commandments that Christ had and put it into one word, love. To love everything and everyone. To always work against the injustice. When we talk about, you know, in our Constitution, all men are created equal. They're equal. They all have 46 chromosomes biologically. They were all born from a mother, not hatched from an egg. Try to work toward helping everyone to come up. Not for all of us to go down. I mean, if we all go down, we're all miserable. We're all suffering. That makes no sense. But to help come up, everyone. No matter who they are, where they're from, what color their skin is, what language they speak, I don't care. We have to do that. I mean, if you watch the Orion Factor, Raise your hand if you're a Bill O'Reilly person. None of you, you're all northerners. You're not very conservative then. He always talks about something specific. One time I would like for him to come on and say, you know the talking points today are love. Love, 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 love. Peace, love, 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 love. One day I'd like to turn on the radio and not hear that someone has killed another human being 
for God knows what reason, that peace broke out, that there was no violence, that no one was shot in Chicago, New Orleans, Philadelphia, or any other city of America, that no bomb went off in any city anywhere in the world. Have you noticed that every day a bomb goes off somewhere? For what? For what? Now they've become so insane that they destroy themselves in addition to the other people around I will wear the bomb, I will go into the supermarket, I will detonate myself, I'm being blown to smithereens, I'm going to destroy the people around me, I'm going to wound the others a little bit further out. For what? For what purpose? For God? This is not the God I believe. My God doesn't say destroy the other man. He had a command, thou shalt not kill, period. Didn't matter who the other person was. That's what we're up against. Kill those people that are not like you. What theology is this? Where is this coming from? This is demonic. This is not godly theology. No matter what the faith is, none of them say, kill your fellow man. None. So it has been twisted. And now it's good to kill your fellow man. Indiscriminate. We have children, doesn't it? Just kill me. Let the street be red from the blood. We have to fight against this. Every breath of your life until the very end, you have to fight against violence, wars. Now I want to get into a debate about justifiable war. That's another issue. But just this violence that's around us. Stop. That's and yet, if you have studied, you know that it's not going to stop. Christ is going to come when it's the miserablest it can be. And the more miserable it gets, the closer he comes. It's going to get so bad that if God doesn't send Christ earlier than he had planned to send him, no one will be alive. So expect it to get worse before it gets better, my friends. Prepare yourself. Say your prayers every day when you go out. You don't know if you're coming home. Bless your kids on the way to school. You don't know if they're coming home. Do your best. And then whatever happens, happens. But do your best. Demand excellence of your children. Demand excellence of yourself. Now, so you don't think that somehow I'm scolding you. I'm not. I say this all in love. And I hope that you're receiving it as love. If you're not, send me an email. 75 years, you're so great today. What a wonderful milestone it is. And Father gave a beautiful history of our church last night and the other priests who spoke. 
that's behind us now. History is history. We live forward, remembering and respecting our history, but whatever has been achieved has been achieved. Now, what are you going to do? Hopefully you'll maintain this complex. Do more. Reach out even more to people outside these walls. Find those people that the Holy Spirit is leading to us. And help them, love them, hug them, teach them everything that you know. Sometimes a stranger walks in the door and we say, oh no, who is that? Maybe they're disheveled, they're not wearing a coat and tie, maybe their tennis shoes are dirty. It could be a test. Could be an angel sent by God to see what kind of person you are. There are many stories in our history of Christianity where people were approached by someone who was irregular from them, only to find out it was an angel testing them. So if you find someone like that, think it's an angel and do your best for them. And then you will have passed the test. If it's a real human being and not an angel, again, you have passed the test. You did what Christ said to do, to take care of those people, whoever they are. Don't be afraid of anyone. Only God. That's what my grandfather told me as a child. He says, Jordan, don't fear any man. Only God. That's who I fear. I don't fear anybody else. Doesn't mean I don't get scared sometimes. Of course, I'm human. I react. But I don't go out scared. And I try to compose myself back to reality once the fear is gone. Irrational fear is something we should avoid. It just makes us afraid. Life is too short. Enjoy everything. Every, every moment. Take in everything that comes your way. 